there, friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I'm so thankful that you're joining today. I pray that wherever you are, whether you're feeling lost and discouraged, whether you're feeling really confident and hopeful in who God is, that this message will encourage you and point you back to him in a way that would glorify him and draw you closer to his heart. Today we're talking about God, our shepherd, because we're focusing on the characteristics of God, especially with, we recently talked about how the Bible isn't about us, but it's about God. And so if the Bible is all about God, we should definitely get to know him more and his character. And so we'll be talking about different attributes and um, just who he is. And so one of the things that he is, is he is our shepherd. I'm going to read from Psalm 23. I feel like most people have heard this psalm in in different various versions. I grew up reading it in in NIV, but I'm going to read it right now from the Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. I love how it talks about God being our shepherd and everything that comes with that because he takes care of us. And I really just want to break down phrase by phrase different ways that we can look at what he says. And these are my thoughts coming from his scripture. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm just... These are thoughts that come to my heart and mind when I read this. And so obviously always go back to scripture and what it says, but maybe this is also helpful for you in just envisioning who he is as our shepherd. So the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, makes me think about how we are his sheep, that we follow him, and that how he guides us and he cares for us. I think of shepherds as being gentle and fierce. He's our master and we submit to him. It also makes me think of John 10, where Jesus talks about how he is the shepherd and we are his sheep. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. That's Jesus. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls us by name. We're his sheep. When he has brought us out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. 
All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in full. And he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. So some important things that I noticed in there is that he is our shepherd, that we are his sheep and that we know his voice. And when we hear the voice of others, we don't listen to them, but we listen to his voice. I wonder how often when we hear voices of others that don't match what he's saying, how often do we reject that? Or do we just accept it? How often when we hear the shepherd's voice, do we follow? Or do we push back and question what he's saying? The next phrase in Psalm 23 says, I have what I need. Other ways of saying that, I lack nothing. God is enough. Him being our shepherd is sufficient. That's all we need. I have everything that I need. He supplies all of our needs. Paul says that he knows the secret of being content in every situation. He went through shipwrecks and hardships. He had been beaten many times and put in prison. But he said that he knows the secret of being content in any situation. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. God is the one who strengthens us. So no matter what the circumstances are, we can be content that he is our shepherd. The next phrase in Psalm 23 says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. And when I think of that, it's easy to kind of brush past that phrase, but Just think about that. He lets us lie down in green pastures. And for sheep, green pastures are like their food. So it's providing nourishment for them. It's also giving us rest. He gives us rest. He lets us lie down. And green pastures, I also just, I feel God a lot in nature. And so I think that's important too, that it's in nature, that he lets us have rest in his creation and that we can trust him to provide rest and food. The next phrase says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He guides us. He guides us to places of stillness. He says, it leads me beside quiet waters. Peaceful. And water is life-giving. It's an important um, need that we have to have water. He replenishes us. He is our living water. He renews my life. 
In other versions, it says he restores my soul. In other ways of thinking about it is that he mends and restores our brokenness, our soul, our life, all of that needs fixed, and he's the only one that can renew or restore us. We need him. We can give him our soul to mend and restore. He leads me along the right paths. Or he leads me along paths of righteousness. He teaches us his ways and gives us his word and knowledge and wisdom and understanding. He doesn't just hope we can figure it out. He guides us along the paths that we should go. He gives us his word to follow. Psalm 119 is full of how the psalmist is just rejoicing and how God gave us his precepts, his word, his commands, and we can know the right way to go because he gives it to us. Lord, help us to walk in your ways for his name's sake. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. It's not just for fun and games. He's not just telling us what to do. It's for his glory, for the glory of your name. You are worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. May we seek to follow you and glorify your name as not to perform and not to profane your great name. Even when I go through the darkest valley or even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So in seasons of darkness, when death or separation is overwhelming, even when life is so hard, we can trust you when things are hard. I love that it says when, it doesn't say if. When I go through the darkest valley, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when that happens, I fear no danger. There is no need to fear. In the Bible, many, many, many times it says, do not fear. When the angels would come, the messengers of the Lord, who probably didn't look like the cute cartoons that we often see, but they were warriors of God, they told God's people, do not fear. We don't have to fear danger when we go through the darkest valley because he has overcome the enemy and we are not afraid. We can hold on to faith over fear. For you are with me. You never leave me or abandon me. You will not leave me or forsake me. You go before me and behind me and beside me. Your presence goes before us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff. So for a shepherd, that was kind of like, you know, they'd kind of prod the sheep along and if they start going the wrong way, they'd use the staff to kind of guide them in the right direction by patting them with it. We can be comforted by his direction. God is guiding us in the way that we should go, and sometimes we don't like that, but we should be comforted by that, that he wants us to go a certain way for his glory and for our good. He works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, and he disciplines those he loves and who he has chosen. He told the Israelites that he chose them, and so he disciplines them. So thank you, Lord, for disciplining us. You prepare a table before me. When I think about a table, you know, God has times in the Bible where there's feasts where they celebrate, such as wedding feasts, or when in the parable of the prodigal son, when the son returns and they throw a feast and celebrate. A table is like a place of communion, gathering, eating together, blessing us. 
Thank you, God, for blessing us. In the presence of my enemies, who are my enemies? Sometimes we think of people maybe that we don't get along with, but I think that we have much greater enemies than that. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities in the spiritual realm, the darkness, the dark forces. What are your enemies? What are the demons that are coming after you? They see what God is doing in our lives. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. In the presence of those dark forces, God is celebrating and communing with us. They see what he is doing. Our enemies know that God has done it. You anoint my head with oil. God, you bless us and you choose us. May my greatness come from you alone. My cup overflows. Blessings from you overbound and are unprecedented. Just as sometimes hard times are unprecedented, blessings from him are unprecedented. So thank you, God, for blessing us more than we can count. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me. Or in the NIV version, it says, Surely mercy and goodness will follow me. We can't escape his goodness and love. He never stops his goodness and love in our lives. All the days of my life, each and every day, in a thousand years and eternity, each and every day, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I sit in your presence. In the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle or the temple. And then Jesus came and he dwelt among us. And now the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we can sit and just be in his presence. So may we dwell in the house of the Lord. He is with us. And we are with him as long as I live forever. Here on earth and eternal life with you. I will never be without you a day that I live. For all my days, now and forevermore. Amen.